CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and has partnered up with Victory Sports for 2020 and 2021 to keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400, and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you. TGAF, it is back. Tim Graham and friends brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. I am Tim Graham of The Athletic here with Jonah Bronstein of the New Bronstein Times and Matthew Fairburn. He also writes for The Athletic. Uh, Josh Allen has a six-year contract and uh, it's been talked about. It has been uh, exalted, celebrated, monster deal, uh, especially when it comes to Buffalo sports. It's the biggest sports contract in Buffalo history and, uh, of course, uh, fans uh, were going crazy, uh, calling off work early, uh, talking about uh, celebrating, uh, turning it into a three-day weekend because Josh Allen's under contract. Uh, okay. That's why we didn't record yesterday. We treated <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just yeah. getting done. I, uh, yeah, I needed, a, I needed a day to decompress uh, after my long three-day weekend. Okay, let's um, let's dial it back a notch. Uh, we're just the three guys to do that. I am happy for Josh Allen and for the Buffalo Bills and for the fans. But hey, guys, this is a contract. This was not a crisis situation. Josh Allen was not going anywhere. His option was going to get picked up. He was going to be re-signed. He wasn't going to thumb his nose at the Bills and test free agency after next season. Um, so I wanted to take a moment to talk about what is or is not important about this contract. Yes, it's done. It's great for Josh Allen. He's happy. He's got his guaranteed money. Uh, he's got his years. Uh, this contract goes through 2028. If uh, right. Let me also just say this for the record. I guess feel free to put this in the archive and come back and get me. This contract is not going to get to the end. Something's going to happen before we get to 2028. So let's not just go ahead and start checking off those Josh Allen seasons as they go. It's going to get redone. Uh, it might get redone within a few years. Uh, it might get done towards the end. He might get cut at some point uh, because a lot of things happen. Um, and I know that uh, on your podcast, Matthew, uh, with Joe Biscaglia, you talk about that. Uh, there have been a lot of quarterbacks who've happily signed that extension that maybe just last a couple more years. And I'm not saying that's going to happen for Josh Allen, but let's just try to put this into a little bit more perspective of, all right, we got our quarterback. Now let's start uh, planning out those championships. Yeah, it was, I was talking to Brandon Bean on Friday night after this had gotten wrapped up and he mentioned he was just going through, you know, some of the details of how it came together. And he mentioned how the cap had gone backwards basically to what it was when Carson Wentz and Jared Goff signed their contracts. And, you know, as I was walking away from that conversation, I thought to myself, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff 
were the last group of quarterbacks before Patrick Mahomes and the 2017 group did, you know, he did his extension. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff were the most recent before Patrick Mahomes, very recent to sign their extensions. And they're both already on different teams. And those were big, similarly structured, you know, uh, massive guarantee extensions. So it, it's a little jarring when you hear that, especially how soon those were. And then, you know, when it's like, this is the richest contract in Buffalo Bills history, topping Marcel Darius. And it's like, oh, geez. Like, and then you see all the tweets from somebody resurfaced the tweet from a couple of years ago when the Sabres signed Jack Eichel to his extension and the celebration that ensued. And, you know, listeners need no reminder of the conversations we've been having about Jack Eichel for the last few months. So celebrating contracts is, a, is not really necessarily the, uh, the way to go. But in this particular case, the hope would be if this guy well, real quick, to play I just want, did. I just want to mention Matthew, cause it is, you, you use the word jarring. Uh, regarding the other quarterbacks involved that uh, all-time Buffalo sports contract record of Marcel Darius. It took a quarterback six years later to break that record. That to me goes to show how absurd the Marcel Darius contract extension was. And we wrote about it at the (laughs) time. I mean, he was still a player in his prime. You could even like squint a little bit and cock your head and say, "Mm, okay, but still a defensive tackle with problems who had been in trouble a lot already got this extension. And we didn't even know about the language at the time about how, if he were suspended again, the bills couldn't get out of the contract or they, everything was still guaranteed and that whole fiasco, but that was a six year, $100 million extension. It takes six years and a franchise quarterback and a borderline MVP candidate to break the record in Buffalo sports. That, that that's just amazing to me. That's how bad that, that Darius contract was. Yeah. And they've had other extensions too, right? We've had Jack Eichel, different sport, but a mega deal for one of the better players in the league. Tredavious white signed Deion Dawkins signed. I mean, you know, premium position type of players, but man, did they go above and beyond on Marcel Darius for a guy that had already had issues that was uh, ill-conceived. Josh Allen, this contract, not so ill-conceived. This is very by the book, how you hope to draw it up. Three years after you draft your quarterback, you get them locked up. They do it before there's too many rumors about the 2023 salary cap or at least firm figures. The idea is that it's going to go through the roof uh, with the gambling deals and, and the new TV deals. So when those big cap numbers come in, they might look a little bit more palatable if the cap goes back up. Brandon Bean said this was harder to get done because of the cap dropping. You know, they didn't know how to structure it. Uh, They had to go back to a different kind of structure because he had planned to be able to do the deals like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff did where you set your cap up and you have room to put money into the first couple of seasons and you have the flexibility to do it. But when the cap dropped, they didn't really have that. And nobody was expecting that. So took a little flexibility on both sides. A lot of late nights. Brandon Bean said there was times where he thought this wasn't going to get done before the season. And as cool as they were playing it publicly, he was a little, 
you know, there was, there was tense moments on both sides about how quickly they could get this done. They're committed to him essentially for five years, which is a sounds like not a lot on, you know, when we talk about a, a 2028 term, but five, it's unprecedented in a lot of ways, how much guaranteed he's getting in those first four or five years. And that's why we're so tied to him. So as things stand right now, it's like a mini Patrick Mahomes deal and nobody in Kansas city is complaining about the Patrick Mahomes contract. It's looking good. Um, if Josh Allen stays on that trajectory and is just a notch below Patrick Mahomes, which is what I would say he is at this point in his career, nobody would complain about that. Nobody will complain about this deal. I'm not the type of person who sits here and says, Josh Allen needs to win a championship to justify this contract. Josh Allen needs three MVPs to justify this deal. If they're in the mix and he's playing close to the level that he was playing at last year, to me, he's justified the contract because this is just the going rate for a quarterback that did what he did in 2020. Patrick Mahomes uh, has a piece of the Kansas City Royals. The version of that would be if uh, Josh Allen ended up with a piece of the Buffalo Sabres. That might actually be the type of move that the Pagulas need to salvage the team in some way in terms of fan, in terms of PR or whatever, uh, and $150 million in guarantees. Uh, at least that's against injury, uh, right? Is that, is that? Yeah, $100 million is guaranteed at signing, and $150 million is guaranteed for injury. Buy so a hockey that, team for that. Um, yeah. You could have thrown a piece that, uh, an ownership stake in to maybe uh, lower the – I don't know that Josh Allen is enough of a hockey guy for the Pagulas to be able to But he's such a over. Buffalo guy, and, uh, you know, he loves to play the part of – I think he enjoys being that. Uh, maybe he would do yeah, it. Yeah, but when push comes show. to shove, when push comes to shove, is CAA and Josh Allen going to be like, instead of, you know, $30 million of that guaranteed, what if we give you, you know – X percentage of the Sabres, I think Josh Allen would say, you know what, I'll just take the 30 million. The uh, revenue stream is not looking super healthy in hockey right now. And it's not a great team he got there. Now, now that he has the money, would he maybe, you know, say, let me, let me throw some of it at that just to, no, I think we're looking move. at his money being invested in almond farming, uh, cantaloupes and the family uh, and the family business back in fireball, California. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys just what you thought of the the reaction. I, I mentioned it right off the top that it was kind of, uh, uh, you know, like a mini Terry Pagula bought the team. Uh, we're saved. Um, here it is. Uh, there was no crisis here, though. There was no threat of Josh Allen missing time in training camp even. If this – and like you mentioned also, Matthew, that uh, Brandon Bean having some sense of relief that the deal got done – uh, and losing some sleep because there was a deadline involved. But if they had, didn't meet that deadline, um, I, you know, I, I just didn't see much of a, you know, this, um, this, this reaction, this sense of relief. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you know what? Maybe it's this. And I'm sorry, I had to go on a little philosophical role here. But, I mean, is it just because there hasn't been this guy and it's one more piece of validation that, you know what, the Bills maybe are figuring this out. And last year wasn't a mirage. And we do have a – oh, my gosh, we do have a quarterback we want to keep. Is that all it is? I mean, I think you saw the same thing a year ago or was it two years ago when Tredavious White got his extension. Just And even back to Marcel Darius, when the Bills draft a player 
who at some point in time looks to be one of the best players in the league and they re-sign him. They don't let him sign somewhere else, a la like a Nate Clements did before. It's a cause for celebration. And when that's a quarterback that the community and the fan base and the franchise is already head over heels in love with, the fact that he re-signed as silly as it is, I mean, who would turn down the money that was offered and on the table in that extension, but the fact that he re-signed and committed to playing here for at least a number of years is cause for celebration, regardless of the cap figures and, you know, whether he's really going to live up to the deal or not in terms of production. I think just having Josh Allen around renewing the vows, if you will, was why everybody had such a fun weekend with it. That's a great point, Jonah. And maybe that's really what it comes down to. Maybe we, at least maybe I've talked myself into an explanation for it. It's not so much the bills paying this guy. Um, and maybe well, it's maybe right, because if you were saying, say you're doing this on a Madden franchise or some sort of salary cap fantasy league, where it was only about the production and the money, you wouldn't be all that excited to now have the second highest paid quarterback in the league and be committed to the most guaranteed money of any player in the league, because that is going to hurt their position and adding to the roster and re-signing other players and, and putting together a team in the future. It might not have much of an effect on this season or even next season, but eventually a quarterback with a $51 million cap hit is going to be, if not problematic, something that gets in the way. Right. Well, that's what I was, I was getting at. Oh. It's not about the contract. It's not about 2028. It's not about the money. It's the idea that the bills have a guy who's really good and he wants to be here. How rare is that? Over the, over the course of the franchise's existence, all the players who didn't want to be here. Um, Jim Kelly didn't want to be here. Uh, Tom Cousineau, first overall draft pick, which, you know, it's laughable now, but he was the first overall pick, didn't, just didn't show up. He signed in the CFL. Uh, guys all up and down. Uh, um, I mean, Willis McGahee, Marshawn Lynch, players like that. Right, all those guys who didn't. Joe Cribbs left for the USFL. Uh, he was a star here. Who's the player who didn't report from the steel, uh, Dre Archer. I'm just not showing up. Player like Sabres type stuff too. All these different Bonte Sabres Davis. traded here. Well, I'm sorry, Monte Davis yeah. and Anquan Bolden. Monte Davis quitting, just like and, I don't want to be here. Anquan so, Bolden pulled a no show one day. Anquan Bolden, that's another great one. He showed up um, for a week and was like, "Get me out of here." There's even Bills beat writers that show up, and six weeks later they leave for other jobs. <laughs> that's happened. It's, that has happened. Um, and I think people are still probably getting over the loss of Mike Rodak as their beat reporter. <laughs> and so to lose their quarterback on top of that would have been right. a very big deal. I think they're, they have re-signed Mike Rodak for $258 million. I don't know. Maybe not. So, all right. I so know. I just want to make this quick comparison and it's probably lost on you guys a little bit, but if there's an old, the older uh, viewer slash listener of this podcast, or if you happen to come from Northeast Ohio, you know, people, you can't explain how Bernie Kosar was such a big thing to the Cleveland Browns because you take a look at it. Yeah, he was very good quarterback. He was a perennial pro bowler and was deadly accurate. You know, he was funny because he waddled around and, you know, he had zero athletic ability and he was all guts and, you know, that whole thing. But he's a legend because he wanted to be there. And I think that now they think that that is the, you know, that this deal didn't go to the end you didn't have to overpay for Josh Allen. I mean, maybe, I mean, whatever. What I'm saying is this wasn't a situation where you had to trade for Eric Stahl, who didn't want to be here. 
You know, you have to like, they drafted this guy. It worked. He likes it. He likes us. In fact, he loves us. We love him. And this is the validation that the pick worked from a football standpoint. And this guy likes Western New York. He's not rejecting us because of our small market, uh, because we don't have nice hotels, uh, because we um, are uh, an outpost, you know, whatever, all the different things that have gotten Bills fans pissed off from what other players have said about, about their town. This guy is in for all of it. And so that, I don't think I necessarily felt that part of it when we started this podcast, but I've, I've talked myself into that actually being the, the main cause of celebration, not the fact that it, uh, that, um, that it's the biggest contract in, in Western New York sports history. And also that signing, re-signing a player to the biggest contract in Western New York history and one of the biggest in the NFL right now was not a contentious thing as it, probably if not maybe would have been under Ralph Wilson's ownership or similar philosophies of ownership or even how it was with Dallas and Dak Prescott is that was the point I was going to bring up Jonah is that from an ownership perspective you're right it was a stress-free thing right you know it, it gets almost old the way that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott the first thing they do is thank the Pagulas you know when these things happen but you do have to remember the previous ownership and some other ownerships around the league where it's like, well, I need to pay him how much right now? Well, I can't do that. Uh, so we're going to have to wait. And, you know, there are, you know, places where that type of thing comes into account. I also think from a general manager and organization standpoint, the actual football operation, the fact that this didn't, they didn't screw it up. Right. Like, Brandon Bean said he felt the weight of the organization, which I thought was, uh, a human moment because I was asking him like we, you've had all these firsts right you know you you're you got to find the quarterback you got to do all these things as a general manager I'm like the reason it was tense for him the reason he felt relief wasn't because he didn't think it would get done eventually it's just that it's done it, it's a lot of work to put together a contract like this and it's very public it's, ex- it's not like, oh, they screwed up and let Matt Milano out the door. Matt Mil- Or John Brown was pissed off this spring because they didn't give him enough of a heads up that he got cut. Nobody cared. Like, nobody cared that they offended John Brown. Sorry, John Brown, but nobody cared. If this got weird with Josh Allen, the way it kind of did with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, and they dragged it out and hemmed and hawed and said, oh, is this guy a franchise quarterback? Is he not? The- because, look, the fact that they signed him, doesn't make him one. I know it signals that they believe he's one. What makes him one is the, the way he played last year. If he continues to play that way, the contract never does it. Ask Goff and Wentz because they're they're playing for new teams. Ask uh, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, ask Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ask Terod Taylor. Those guys got extended. Um, those contracts said something about them. This one does say that the Bills absolutely unequivocally believe that Josh Allen is a franchise quarterback now and for many years to come, but that doesn't make it so. But the fact that they were able to put this together in a drama free way and it just got done. They didn't have to cut anybody. There was no sort of thing where you had to um, put the team on the operating table and say, okay, here comes, uh, here comes the big contract extension, but, Everybody, you know, they have to telegraph, well, then so-and-so starting linebacker has to get cut. 
the such such and such uh, wide receiver has to have his deal reworked. Uh, one of the offensive linemen has to come to the table in a very obvious way and have to restructure his contract. The Bills aren't even at that spot yet, so they can make a big they'll, deal they'll like that and just they'll like probably get there. Keep, oh, they uh, will. Coming. They'll have to, and this contract will put them there. That will put but, them in that situation. But it, um, it still was a situation where they got it done. I think that's there were layers to the celebration for Bills fans because on one hand they love this guy, they love him like he's their neighbor in North Tonawanda, like and he he is one of them. Um, and like you said, he reciprocates a lot of that and and very much. Um, has endeared himself to these people. But he's also, I think, in signing this, you see that part, and then you see the relief of having a head coach and a general manager who get it and understand to lock this guy up. They, they haven't screwed the cap up to the point where they needed to do something dramatic to make this happen. And there's just a sense of competency all around with a deal like this, where it's like, wow, they went out and not only did they find a quarterback, they developed him, they surrounded him with talent, and they kept the cap healthy enough to extend him in a timely manner and allow themselves some flexibility down the line if either this doesn't work out or they need to rework things to fit more people under the cap to surround them with more talent. So I think both of those things you know, made it and to your point, if Josh Allen had any hesitation about where he wanted to be, you know, maybe this doesn't get done quite so quickly. But as we know, that's not really how it works in the NFL. As Jonah mentioned, somebody's offering you $258 million. I mean, you'll play in Saskatchewan. I don't know. You'll play wherever. Uh, play scout team safety like the Yeah, I mean, the money's the money, and that's how you get it. You don't really hit free agency as a quarterback. They weren't going to sit here and say, oh, Josh, you don't want to be here? Well, okay, we'll just let you run out. The they already picked up the fifth-year option. They would have a couple of franchise tags on top of that. You just don't have that type of leverage. I mean, you could even see it with Aaron Rodgers this year. You know, when you're locked in, you're locked in in the NFL, and so he wants to be here because that's the easy thing to say, right? I wanted to be here. I wanted to get this done. It's like, of course you wanted to get it done. You wanted the hundred million dollars, um, you know, but there is a sense that he belongs and that he, he has a story kind of like that, kind of like Buffalo's all that stuff you were talking about, Tim, the, the things that get said about Buffalo, the things people say, about it being an outpost and this and that people say all sorts of stuff about Josh Allen and have for years. And he feels sort of a, you know, a kindred spirit um, with, with these people here. And I think it's all of that ropes into feeling that celebration, but I don't know. No, nobody else got the, the, the real good PR move for Josh Allen would have been to, you know, buy everybody at pick your, you know, at bar bill, uh, a blue light, you know, probably would have cost him what 500 bucks. And, you know, he, he might be running been. into a tense situation as my sources indicate. I may have tipped my hand a couple of weeks ago regarding a certain poll that Josh Allen may have taken some money from a, a national Buffalo wing chain. 
I don't know. Uh, let's uh, Elmo. He's going to be pushing uh, in terms of his favorite wing place coming up. I do miss Buffalo Wild Wings. There used to be one right near the stadium, and we've, if Josh we've Allen been there multiple a, times. We've at, endorsed you know, with Buffalo Wild Wings. I think that that will not be good for his image. That, at risk of alienating, I think I may have it might help our podcast actually, image honest, by admitting that we've been there. Well, if it if he if his involvement would help the Sabers, as we threw out there uh, earlier in the podcast, then he could get through the whole local wing uh, industry uh, and uh, and make Buffalo Wild Wings popular uh, in uh, Western New York. I think people would just say, "Hey, Josh, get your money," you know. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings isn't a bad place to go eat food and hang out and drink beers it's just i think it's they terrific. don't do wings all that well and it's kind of ridiculous if you're really going out for wings in buffalo to go there and get wings yeah it's more of a place to hang and yeah, that the i'm not sure the what wall. the commercials are going to be it'll probably be something more along the lines of uh maybe you know you know, you know how buffalo wild wings yeah, does this time every year commercials or- where they Use a photographer to send the game into overtime, so you can stay at Buffalo Wild Wings longer. Yeah, you got your NCAA tournament versions, where it's a place they they want you to go there and do your fantasy football draft. They want you to come there and watch the tournament. You know, so if you eat whatever, you come here, you eat, you drink, you're going to get drunk enough that you eventually eat. <laughs> you know, all, all the different ways that you consume Buffalo Wild Wings. You're probably not going there for the food. You're going there to watch the pay per view of the uh, the MMA match. You'll have enough beers, decide that you want to throw down a, you know, five or 10 wings, whatever. I, I guess I can't hold it, hold it. Uh, well, it also kind of against anybody. I, th- I feel like it speaks to, I mean, this is Jonah's brand, right? This is what we talked about a few weeks ago is like, if you're, if you want to have ranch with your wings, if you prefer boneless, like if you I like Buffalo it. wild wings and roll tide, man, like, Get after it. I don't know. I think it's a fine. I mean, I guess that's out. true. I just, cause I remember when I was doing those like community stories, I can't remember who the player was, but he came from Dallas and he was like, he was at the anchor bar and it was the first time he ever had the wings. Not that they're the best wings anyways, but it was a Lorenzo Alexander wing event. And I, I was a lineman that came from Dallas and he was like, Oh, but nothing beats Buffalo wild wings. And I was like, oh, you'll keep that <laughs> off the record. Like you don't really want to be quoted saying that in this market. Like you're not, you'll never live that down. So I don't I've know. Said That's it on what this... I think. I think it's Josh Allen. Maybe not a bad move at all. It might be a great move for his advertising portfolio and things like that. But I feel like it'll be a bit of a joke in Buffalo if Josh Allen's endorsing Buffalo Wild Wings. He can pull it off now. If he got here as a rookie and was like, "Man, I love all this stuff," and he because he does, you know, I think Josh Allen's a pretty genuine guy, and you know, I do think he he likes it here. I don't think he's like playing a part but he knows what buttons to press, right? Like he's going to drink a blue light when he's on camera. He's going to have his Sabres jersey or his Braves thing and give the thumbs up when he's walking into the stadium. He's, he's smart. He's, he's aware. He is. Um, he wore and, a Blue Jays hat when he threw out the pitch of the yeah. Yankees game. And I think he's a Yankees fan. And I, I think he likes the, uh, you know, I think he likes these, but uh, you know, he likes all the, the Buffalo camaraderie, but I also think he knows, knows what he's doing. And if he had come in, and was like, man, yeah, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm, I'm going to jump on with them. People would have been like, dude, this guy, this guy just doesn't get it. He doesn't right. know what he's doing. But the, he does get it. 
he is pretty self-aware. He, he does know he's a good football player and he's also a good, he's, he's what you want in a guy that you're handing all this money because he's, he's smart about how he handles himself. He doesn't say much in press conferences. He, you know, gets the fans going sometimes with little things like, Hey, only one New York team. Right. You know, like he, he knows what he's doing and yeah. So now to do Buffalo wild wings, I think he can pull it off and he'll probably still when he wants to eat, he'll probably still go to Barbell. Like he'll, you know, he'll find a way to, to make it up to them. What would be the bridge too far in terms of an endorsement uh, as far as uh, Bill's fans are concerned? I feel like if he got like caught at a Bon Jovi concert, he'd be, <laughs> he'd be in trouble. Um, I think that would, I don't think voting for Trump would do it. Except no. he also could maybe bridge that Bon Jovi gap. Cause there's a lot of people that I think were Bon Jovi fans in this market. And then they changed their mind over, you know, fears about the football team. And now that that's over, I always thought there was a big reconciliation moment coming with John Bon Jovi and maybe someone like Josh Allen can bridge that gap. I do think when, when you were talking before, I was thinking that, you know, everything's great with the bills and Josh Allen and Buffalo wild wings and everything right now. But if things were to slip, if, it, if Josh Allen's play wasn't quite all pro level and we get into the later years in this contract and people are a little less enamored with him and his cap figure, you'll look back at the Buffalo wild wings commercial and say that was the moment in time when everything changed. I'm trying. I don't know if you guys can tell what I'm doing here. I'm trying to play dog. tug of war with my dog. Uh, she's been bothering me for the, <laughs> <laughs> at least it be, I better be doing that or uh, <laughs> this is uh, I'm just going to get yanked off screen this might be my Jeffrey Tubin moment uh, yeah no she keeps dropping this rag in my lap and for tug of war and uh, now she's going to start dragging me away from the from the camera here um, what else do we want to talk about do we want to wrap this up before I uh, before I tear a rotator cuff or uh, <laughs> Or, or give, yeah, give people enough. I want to uh, make a joke. That I just, video I don't think ammunition it's... for for uh, gifs that uh, would be quite unflattering. I want to make a joke that I just don't think is appropriate. Maybe if we had a an uncensored podcast, I just uh, you know when you're on, we do podcasts, have an uncensored podcast. Say, yeah, you just don't want to say the wrong thing though, when it could go out into the public, and, and even the joke might not even be that funny. And so you don't. All right, well then let's not. It. But it's it's taken away my train of thought on any other conversation topic. Okay. Well, I wanted to get on record uh, after a long weekend uh, with the Josh Allen contract. Uh, TGAF will have, uh, have another episode later in the week. We'll talk about the big uh, Bill's Lions tilt. Yes, or sir. we won't. We mo- maybe we won't even mention it at all. That's the thing about preseason this year with the Bills being good is uh, we're not used to preseason games that don't really have storylines. There aren't as many position battles. Um, people don't care about these deep backups nearly as much dark horses, uh, all that stuff. It's, uh, uh, yeah, we're not going to be there for that reason. Yeah. Because when asked to justify our, uh, our presence, it, you know, the team is basically set in stone in a lot of ways, especially for a night game on a Friday night, the 53 man roster, there are some questions, you know, small little 
Well, let's save it for later in the answered. week when we preview the big game. But my but my point is capital that the B, capital of, G. The rest of the uh, of the team, only one starter isn't back from the AFC Championship game, and they probably upgraded uh, with Emmanuel Sanders over John Brown. This is a tough episode for John Brown. He's having. He's not having. I have a take go. on John Brown. Well, just what you mentioned before, how he was miffed that the Bills didn't tell him they were cutting him when probably every Bills fan and every amateur armchair capologist had him cut like week 14 of last season. Yeah, like as soon as the cap was going, before the cap even went down. And then once it did or froze, whatever, it was like, yeah, this guy's this guy's in trouble. Andy didn't stay healthy, but um, – but yeah, that's what the preseason isn't. There's not a lot of newness to this team. They brought a lot back. You want to see the rookies do their thing, I guess, but the rookies are at unflattering positions that people don't always pay close attention to on the lines. So not a lot of sizzle to this preseason game, but it is a it's nice to have it back. It's a good tradition, the August Bills Lines game in Detroit. And the newness is less. I mean, for you guys, if you're going, it's this week. But that third preseason game when it's actually a home game and fans are in the stands, I mean, that's really the newness that a season now is going to happen. It's almost like the album came out last year, and now this is the live tour for the Bills and their fans, even though they had some fans at the end of the year. But now everybody – I don't ho- – I'm not saying I root for the Bills to do well, but almost for the fans' sake, you want that season that happened last year to happen with the crowd and the fans able to interact. If it's not this year, at least some point in time. I'm going to see if I can get Daisy to say hello here. Jonah is now on record. Rooting yeah, for the Bills. Just, rooting for him. Hey. Somebody asked me at my basketball game the other day or asked somebody else, and then I chimed in. They were like, you know, do the Bills have to go to the Super Bowl for this to be justified the year? And the guy's like, they have to win the Super Bowl. Like, this has to happen now. Like, this is the year. And I'm thinking, I, I don't know if that's really – the field, Super Bowl or bust, winning the Super Bowl, which they, you know, the Bills have never done. But that does That's, seem like a lot of people are of the mind that it's now or never, and it has to happen. See, I don't think that way because it's it's easy to do. So you can put pressure on them and say, look, they screwed it up. They didn't win the Super Bowl. But winning the Super Bowl is really hard. A lot of weird things have to fall into place for you to do it, which is why I say Josh Allen – Maybe he doesn't win one. I don't know. Who knows? It, it, there's a lot that will have to go their way. And a lot of it did go their way last year, which is probably why people feel it has to happen as soon as possible. But if he has them in the mix, playing playoff games, occasionally making a run, it's about all you can ask. Daisy agrees. She knows. Does he need to be an all-pro legitimate top five quarterback in order to justify having – yeah, it's contract that at least top for the five first to few ten years. Yeah. Top five to ten, because eventually he'll get pushed down. But if he's in the top five to ten, if he's at least good enough that you're not saying this guy's a problem. I mean, heck, if he's as good as like Matt Stafford, even I feel like that's probably the floor, right? You're, you're Matt Stafford, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is probably worse than Matt Stafford. Ryan Tannehill, the good Ryan Tannehill, not the bad one that used to play in Miami. But you won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, right? It's probably people that would be like, man, Matt Ryan, all the money they've paid that guy. But you put up numbers. You had him in the mix a fair amount. You just got to be good enough to oh, carry. Philip Rivers. Oh, they, Philip like, Rivers. What if you have a Philip Rivers run with, with Josh well, Bills Allen? Would paid, Bills fans would have paid $258 million in public taxpayer money for <laughs> Philip Rivers to be the quarterback. <laughs> Philip Rivers – 
probably belongs in the Hall of Fame. Right, but he never, you know, never getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think anybody ever said Philip Rivers never justified a big contract that he right. got because he never led the Chargers to the Super Bowl. It's kind of my point. Like, did Matt was Matthew Stafford a massive bust because the Lions stunk? Like, no. He, I mean, Matthew Stafford's probably the one of the richest quarterbacks in NFL history, if not the richest. With all the he's contracts, a disappointment. He's I, I would say Lions fans would consider. Some people would probably say he's a disappointment. They would I also think say Calvin Johnson's career was a disappointment too. Right. Uh, but the guy's put up some phenomenal numbers. He's had that team mildly competitive. But that's like, you know, the floor. The Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, Matthew Stafford. Philip Rivers is a cut above. I mean, guy's a Hall of Famer. Or if not, it's going to be a, an interesting conversation when the time comes. But, yeah, so that's why I, I don't like to speak in absolutes of what Josh Allen needs to do to justify this so that the bills absolutely have to win the Super Bowl this year is the next two to three years, their best window to do it. Yes. If when that ends, they haven't done it. Does that mean they'll never do it? No. I mean, you could hit on some great draft picks and um, you know, a lot of things can happen. Josh, Josh's career might go a little up and down. He might have a year like last year, take a step back. And then a couple of years from now, be back, back there. Um, look at all, look at a lot of quarterbacks, look at Ben Roethlisberger's career. And he's had some great years and some not so great years. So that's the phase of NFL fandom that Bill's fans need to get used to is that they have this guy who hopefully in a couple of years, it's not a Carson Wentz, Jared Goff conversation, but Otherwise, it's just a matter of, you know, the right year, staying healthy, and maybe it happens. I know people are excited for this year, though, and why not? They're right up there with the Chiefs in the AFC. Daisy Graham is ex- too excited, and I'm going to need to cut this, uh, cut this short or else I'm going to get uh, mauled uh, right here on camera. She's, uh, she's got things she needs to do. That would probably be not afraid to interrupt content. further. She's kind of watching my back here. So uh, let's viewed episode on YouTube. If Daisy mauled you on camera, I think CTVK. But also not good audio. (laughs) I was thinking you need the dog to start barking and growling and mauling you for the sound effects or at least just edit that in later. All right. She knows she hears me. She hears when there's a lull. She's a, she's a smart dog. When there's a lull in the conversation, when there's a little, she, she starts trotting over towards me. I could, she's, she knows we're wrapping up. All right. Uh, for uh, Jonah Bronstein of the new Bronstein times for Matthew Fairburn of the athletic, I am Tim Graham. This has been another episode of Tim Graham and friends brought to you by CTBK CPAs and business consultants. Uh, we'll be back later this week with another episode TGAF. The financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716 716- 630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. 
Thank you.